Hello and welcome to the Movers and Groovers podcast. We are calling all Gen Zers who are thinking, I don't know how I want to do life, but I know it's not the normal way. We're talking all things lifestyle, career, purpose, and so much more. We laugh a lot and we might get a little woo-woo, but we're here for it all. I'm Skylar Saba, your host. You might've seen me on TikTok talking about sustainability or running my creative agency, Groove Street Creative. So get ready to move and groove with us and come get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the Movers and Groovers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are starting a new series, and we're going to deep dive on some of our favorite Gen Z businesses, content creators, influencers, and just things that we really dig as Gen Z people, and deep diving into why they work, what is so special about them, the strategy behind it, the business behind it, the branding behind it, all of the things, our favorite memories, biggest takeaways, things that we can learn. And I think this is really cool because we have access to a lot of different things online. We have access to seeing a lot of different brands. We're exposed all the time. And I think it's really cool taking a minute to dive deep on it and really seeing how we can learn from them in creating the life that we really want to live and bringing some of the elements of stuff that we admire about these other brands or creators, influencers, people, and bringing it into our day-to-day. So yeah, we're going to dive deep into Emma Chamberlain today. I think there's no better way to start this series off than with the queen of Gen Z, Emma Chamberlain. I feel like she is the most iconic Gen Z person out there. When I think of Gen Z, I think of Emma Chamberlain. She put us on the map. And yeah, we're going to dive deep into that. Chamberlain Coffee, her platform, her phases, how we got here. I have the squad with me. Um, We have Lauren and Callie on today, my uh, Gen Z crowdsourcing. And we really, we go into all of it. So to start us off, we are going to start with Emma Chamberlain. When, for you guys, was the first time that you Oh my like gosh. heard about oh. Emma Chamberlain. How? What well, was it? I just want to say I was a stan way before she even blew up. I oh, followed her when I she had maybe five thousand, ten thousand subscribers on YouTube. I think she was like the first person I found on YouTube. Yeah, literally. And I loved her videos because she was in high school when she's a year above me. We mm-hmm. actually have the same birthday. Oh really God. weird, Sorry. but Sorry. right. And she was a year above me and like she was into like coffee and like going to like take pictures places and like that's what me and my friends were into. Mm-hmm. Same. She's slain. Ever since then. I even got glasses that look like hers because oh she had God. them and I was like, <laughs> okay, I wanna look like her. Like I want glasses. So you were you were watching the vlog phase when she was in high school. Yeah, like literally like the drama of when she like left her high school, when she yep. dropped out of school, like all Yeah, because how old when did she drop out? Uh, probably I was a sophomore, so she was probably like a junior in high school. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, and then when did you start? The same, same time? Same time. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I started watching her, I think, a little after that. I showed you her, right? Yeah, you showed me her, and then my roommate in college watched her, oh. too. And she loved her. That was Slut. when she was getting big. Like, she was starting to get big. And yeah. I was like, is this girl annoying, or is she cool? Like, I think that, well, that, that was, was my first same thing. I was yeah. like, I don't know. Well, I think... The reason why she got big and whatever was because her editing style mm-hmm. was so different than what we were already seeing. Because mm-hmm. we were seeing like 
I don't even know at that point. Well, but it was I just think like really curated. Like yes. what we were seeing, it was like the Bethany Modas, the like um, Nikki and Gabby. Yep. Very cut edited and, dry. and like Makeup. sitting in front of a camera and being like, here's what I got today. Very fake. And she, I feel like she was like one of the first people really to do like vlog vlogs like that, yeah. Yeah. where she just took you along every part of her life and you were able to see it. And I think yeah. that to me is what got her cool. Like, well, it, you know I think it was how mm-hmm. she added sound effects and her editing style of like the zoom in and whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously now that's like a little Very, obnoxious, yeah. but like, yeah. Then it was so funny and it really fit the time. I agree. Yeah, and I yeah, because she was one of the first ones to really do that. And I think she was almost uh, yeah. the first one. I was gonna say she's the first person I ever saw to do that. Like yeah. I don't think anybody else was doing that at the time. So I feel like that was phase one of Emma. Yeah. Like was her She has like, had phases yeah. for yeah. sure. And I was like the high school when she was in school, then the whole dropping out thing. And I think that's the most like quintessential Gen Z thing ever. Oh, and I 100%. think like yeah. as a generation, that's kind of like our vibe mm-hmm. and well, not, not the really dropping like, out, but just doing what works for you and knowing that the yep. traditional path might not always be the one that you take. Yeah. She was, I would honestly say one of the first people to be like, okay, I'm like dropping out and vlog it. Cause like now okay, you become TikTok famous, you don't go to college or you drop out of school because it's obviously a lot of work. But she was like the first one to be like, okay, like I really think I'm gonna not continue school. I feel like she was the first Gen Z person that like got the term Gen Z. Oh yeah, I feel like she is the most, whenever I think, like when I think of a Gen Z person, I think of her. Oh, Like she, I feel like is the people that that we look up to like you know what i'm saying like she well, is yeah. the leader she is a huge leader for Total us leader I, you know how you see the tiktoks where it's like oh emma chamberlain wore these i'm getting like yes oh, prepare I, like yes. you know what i'm saying like this again is the, the next gla- trend again with the classes during that phase i followed an account on instagram i still follow it because like i know what you're gonna say they slay but they like take her picture mm-hmm. and then they put her Mm-hmm. where she got everything yeah and they like it's like oh a i swipey. followed so many of those so many and like because well i followed it because back then like before she had designer this designer yeah. that two hundred dollar this two hundred dollar that it was like affordable stores that we could get yeah and I was right. like okay i want to look like her like i want her style yeah. well i think as like our generation we look for relatability in people mm-hmm. yeah. and i think that's, I that's a thinking. big point with emma like i think that's why she did so well right off the bat because a lot of those other people that we were watching weren't relatable like we couldn't picture ourselves as them no and we also didn't see all of the ups and downs of everything which creates that relationship and that bond with her audience that Mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of other like people had it in the beginning and i think that really goes to show our like what the new generation is looking for in terms of like kind of content because i think we can see through all like we were grown up we grew up in that era yeah. of like the fake this, fake that, the influencer yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Like, like you the can perfect see when something's like highly edited. You right. can tell. We can tell and we just don't fuck with that. I think like no. even if you're looking at it now, it's like raise your hand if you edit your pictures like really that much anymore. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I don't think I, I don't think I ever the last do. pictures that I've I don't think I've put filters on any of them. No. Yeah. And like I just fix the lighting a little bit and then I'm lighting. done. Yeah. Like that's it. And I think if you ask, no digs to millennials, but if you ask millennials if they're oh, editing their photos. Retrika. <laughs> Sorry. 
it's giving like trick a filter but they're yep. they're definitely yep. putting the filters they're on it like you know what i'm saying like filters on that on max and, volume yeah and even i think <laughs> ain't no adjusting the level <laughs> no 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 i on max volume but like if you look at um even like the stories like i go on my stories without a filter most of the time most of the time i don't yeah. have to put a filter yeah, on my instagram story true. face to camera and i would say that anybody older than me is putting a filter oh, on yeah. it. Even like Kylie Jenner and shit. Yeah. And like everybody using like the TikTok beauty filter, like in their videos. Yes. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like and nobody strange. gives a shit. And I think that even just adds that layer of like, there's a, it's not the real me. Yeah. Like, right. do you know what I'm saying? Well, going back to like how we want to see content that we can see ourselves being jumping phases just really quick. Yeah. I think Emma still does a good job with that. Yes. Even yes. though she does showcase her awesome life and whatever With house and whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the Architect Digest. I watched that and I was like, mm, I, I relate. Like even yeah. though every She's, single thing in that house was over a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, She's She's words like, and the like way formats she, it yeah. is so okay. Yeah, this is it. And like she has the same energy that she would be putting into that video as like if she was touring our house or mm -hmm. if we were touring our house. Yep. It's yep. the same vibe. And I think like that is one of the things as a brand or just anybody who wants to have a platform now is something that's important to have is that like authenticity to the camera. Yes. And not feeling like you are in front of a camera. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you saw the whole like stuff with the millennial pause too, where they yes. like pause before they like oh, kills me. record. Did kills you see me. that Wait, on no. TikTok? There was like a whole thing about it. And it was like whenever, and I can't stop seeing it now. And it's, you can tell the difference. You can tell what generations people are in yep. because yeah. when Gen Z people go to record, it's not like recording. Okay. Oh, and yeah. then yes. like, millennial pause. Yes. Like, that's a pause. And they said the sign, like where, where it came from was because they're, stuff that they were used to recording on had like a delay so they would wait for that's it but so now wild. everything doesn't have a delay oh, our crazy. stuff doesn't have delays and we gen z doesn't have that because we never had delays like that and so but <laughs> i think so like weird. even that it's it's an energetics thing on that because it's mm -hmm. like they know that they're in front of a camera there's that millennial pause like there's a pause and yeah. sometimes i catch myself doing it of like when i'm recording content i'm going okay go and I'm like oh gosh yeah. because but I think it, there's an energy thing with it where it's, it makes it be like oh I'm in front of a camera now yeah I'm gonna take a minute like, get ready versus just filming and I, yeah I've been trying to not do that as much to be feel like it's more authentic feel, like energetically yeah. I feel like the best type of content is the one where you feel like you're on like a FaceTime call with yeah. that person like that's the type of content that like I gravitate towards like on TikTok oh well you know on that note like what I've been watching the FaceTime style ones yes have you been seeing the like they're like middle school girls, 13 year old girls. Oh and they like are getting ready for the Friday night football games or like, I love it. they oh get home, God. they get home from the Friday night football game. And she like puts up her phone and she's like getting like ready for bed. And she's like, okay, so this is what happened. And she's telling you the story about those. the guy who like, they, they were dating and then they, they said they were yeah. going to break up, but it was a, just a fake breakup. It was a kid. It was like a just kidding breakup. But the then tea. she thought that he was going to do it before, but that's what that's I'm saying. The next, that is what content is. Like, yes. I guarantee if you pick anybody that is like maybe like 14 and younger, mm -hmm. that is the content that they are posting and watching. It's the same hey, no. thing because it's that's so what wild. we watched people on YouTube and we, mimic that same content yep that's exactly how they're gonna be so stay ahead of the trend that's how you do it watch what the kids are doing basically yeah. 
And well, yeah. So I just think it's interesting to talk. And I yeah. think Emma is like this. She started that. And she also took us like through her life. She mm-hmm. has grown. Yeah. She's been off YouTube. She's been on YouTube, whatever. But like exponentially, we've seen her grow from a junior in high school all the way to like now she's talking about alcohol and like drinking because right. she's 21. It's so wild. And like we've seen her cross platforms and we've seen her like evolve so well. And I just want to say in her evolving era, if you know, you know, dope girls, whatever happened. Well, wait, I want to know. Was Me dope too. girls before or after James Charles and the twins? It was before. Before. Okay. So dope girls was her next era. Yeah. Which was Hannah Maloche. Yep. <sighs> And I think they're Hannah all. Maloche, I her, forgot about all that. Ava Jules, they were iconic. Oh and yeah. Then the, one day the Coachella fits. Yeah, <laughs> went crazy. That why, was like, why would I remember? <laughs> I was like, no. Oh the, my god, the purple skirt with the white stars. Oh my and the god, mesh white top. Oh my god. Stop mm-hmm. with the sunglasses. Like I actually yeah. looked at that. It was because I was like, oh my god, I'm going to a festival in Ohio. Like. <laughs> I'll wear that. Stop. That's so embarrassing. Me saving them knowing I'm never going to a yeah, festival. Yeah, literally me, like, like screenshots in my archives. Yeah, because they don't have the saving yeah. feature on no, Instagram No, yet. but one day they just, poof, Yeah. stop posting together. And what happened? Okay, I think I half of the audience would sell their right arm to know the tea. <laughs> I would. They, they've Are never spoke on Did, it. Didn't she talk about it on Call Her Daddy a little bit about how like she realized people were yeah, like, but like it I wasn't think, at them. No, I know it wasn't like, at them, wait, but she, she talked say? about on Call Her Daddy about how she just had to be really intentional with her friendships because some people mm. were using them for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And which I'm is, wondering if that's the case with the Hey Sister era too. Like I think that's oh, what that was I, about. I, I hated that era. That because I think that both of them, what, the Dolan twins yes. Yes. and um, James Charles both felt like they were losing their audiences because and she they, was gaining hers and they piggybacked on her. Agreed. And I don't think that as much with the dope girl era. No, I don't think that. I, I think don't know the, what happened. I think, I think it was the brand dope <laughs> that fucked yes. them over. And I actually think it ruined, this is my hypothesis. And I think it ruined their friendships because the girls have all spoken about dope and how it was like the brand itself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, but they've never spoken on them. So I think the brand caused them to get in a fight or something. Yeah. And then they just parted ways. But I do agree. Are any of them friends anymore? Mm, mutual. Yeah. Like Hannah Maloge and like Ava Jules. Like yeah. they hang out like when they're in Hawaii. But not. I These are my. Like, Those are who Callie loves. Oh, like, these I are know, her, I If know. I could be friends with anybody. I'm putting this out there. Like I actually but think I would be friends with them. That's what I think oh, yeah. too. Like they, they're the same kind of energy yeah. and it's, it's a Gen Z. Like I just want to be their friend. Cause like, I feel like we have a long comment. This is my like, <laughs> your, this is my uh, application. In case they're literally listening. confessional. Like it's your confessional. I just it literally be is. They're like, okay, crazy fan girl. I'm like, no, I promise. I just want to be friends. No, wait, I have a question on this though. Do you think that influencers get to a level where they're no longer relatable? Even if it's this type of Gen Z content, like what does, like what is that that, like line? I think it starts with their fashion and their clothes. I think that's the first thing that goes because Mm -hmm. you see, like the same thing happened with Addison Rae. Yes. Same thing happened with Charlie D'Amelio. You see uh, Alex Alex Cooper. Cooper. You see them in clothes that you wear and then the next you then you'll look and be like go to them for alpha inspo or whatever yes and they will be in like head to toe designer 
even if it's not designer, it's still the most expensive version of a sweatshirt. Right. The most expensive version of a blouse, like whatever That's kind of what I was well, thinking too. Well, and I'm wondering too, too on the behind the, like, behind the scenes side of it, they're probably getting sent Oh, it's it, all oh, PR. It's not, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't think any and of it. Even and if even if it's not, right. they have the money to now. go buy that. And it's... So it's not out of touch you know, for them to do that. I think when Emma got... I think her pivot, like when it was like... Mm, and I do think all of those creators do a really good job at trying to still be authentic yeah. and relatable to their audiences. But I remember when Emma got the espresso machine. That oh, was that like, sent yes. it. That to me, that was when I was like, oh, she's at that level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yes. The thing with Emma, though, I would argue is that her, what she started buying, like, obviously she did get a little less relatable, but what she started buying, like, went with her brand. Yep. It yeah. wasn't, it was clothes, but she was interested in clothes. Her coffee machine. She loved coffee. Like, and she it talked made about sense it. to invest in those things. Exactly. Like her followers would understand that. Yeah. It's right. just like the people that suddenly have like oh, every yes. single designer bag like out there. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, why? Like nobody cares. And then yeah. it's, I think it's also like with Emma, it makes sense because like her brand is like about fashion. It's yep. about her clothing. Yeah. Like, all that she's always talked about that but it's like other influencers who like that's not really their brand Mm -hmm. and then they just start flaunting it and it's like then it's no longer relatable like i don't care at that point you know i think charlie did it we should do a deep dive on charlie we should should that's our our next next case yeah but i I do think she did charlie they did a good job and i think that's was part of the intention with the d'amelio show is to show that other side of them because Mm -hmm. i think I do think that they are still like very relatable. I think all yeah. of these, like I do still think that Emma is relatable. Like when she was doing her house yes. tour with AD, it was like, I just lay my, this is where I work, like in her bed. Yes. I yeah. think that's the most fucking Gen Z. Like, yeah. Like you know, it's the comments yeah. and like, it's the personality versus like having all those things. And it's honestly yes. like how you show it off. Yep. And I think even with Emma's fashion, like a lot of the times if you looked and you knew what she was wearing, it'd be like, oh, that's expensive because of the brand right, name. Right. But like yeah. you could easily wear what she was wearing without it being. At a lesser think, version. Yeah. yeah. And I was literally just watching like all of her vlogs from when she was traveling like in Europe mm-hmm. and she went to the Cannes Film Festival and stuff. Like, yes. were you watching this? I didn't watch them, but yeah. I saw clips on TikTok. But I was like watching them and I hadn't watched her vlogs like in a minute because she hadn't uploaded in a minute. And I was like slightly more like not relatable than it had been. been yeah but it's still like she's just vlogging while she's traveling i'm like okay i could go do that maybe it's not yeah. gonna look exactly the same but like i can go do everything she's doing she's going and thrifting mm-hmm. and like all this and i was like okay like maybe i can't do exactly what it is but it's still relatable at some baseline yeah. level yeah so it's that same thing but then like where it's not relatable is like when addison ray is like hanging out with Courtney Kardashian and, and she's like, like on keeping up doing? with the Kardashians. Right. She's totally not relatable. Well, and at I think that that's point. why Addison no. Rae's lost her like touch. touch. Yeah. She's unrelatable. She's, she's untouchable. Even her point. outfits, what she's wearing, like have you seen the like yes. low rise Ugg boot weird? Yeah, like, like no one's nobody's wearing, wearing that. that. Do like, you know what I keep getting ads for? I keep getting ads for her Barbie doll on Pinterest. I yeah. And I'm like, she's a Barbie doll? Yes. Yeah. At Walmart. And I'm just like, the fuck? this but is like, so also, weird. Also, like, wrong That's weird. demographic. Right. I mean, like, you're kind of hitting those people. No, but, like, but no. The people that followed you are like, I guarantee her main demographic is 15 to, like, 25. That's what I was thinking. And yeah. we're not playing with Barbies. No. Charlie, make a Barbie doll. I feel like Charlie's Charlie could have audience. She could. She could have a Barbie doll. Hers it's is, still, like, slightly young enough. Yeah. It's still, like, on that, like, cusp, mm-hmm. but, like. 
Well, I Addison, think like what are you, it's honestly a, just to get the money. This is which good, is sad. This is a good segue into like Chamberlain Coffee and yes. the idea of how they like that fucking genius because they so piggybacked smart. on her authentic brand and her audience was already involved and on it and knew that this yes. was something that she liked and it mm-hmm. was like it was seriously so perfect and I think that this is really cool to see as like a business owner create like somebody who's in the creator space to see how they did that because how to branch off how to branch off longevity and not be pinned down to brand deals and actually like have stock in something else and how to build that with your audience based on what they need Mm -hmm. because realistically when you become an influencer your goal is to make something else that's more long lasting because you could wake up and your, all your followers could be gone. Yep, that's exactly right. how every influencer thinks. Right. So you want, that's why people do music. That's why people do Chamberlain coffee. Yep. Like there's always something else you want to make up lines. You always want to add something yes. in. I always think it's interesting to see like, cause you know, like every influencer is going to come out with some product something. at some, some point. point. Yeah. And I think it's just interesting, like tracing back a lot of the people that like we've watched and even like newer influencers, what they've come out with. And yeah. The ones that succeed are the ones that like we're saying, like do it is in doing something in alignment with their yep. content that they already had yeah. that their community actually cares about because I'm like sick and tired of seeing another Wine makeup brand. line, another yeah. skincare yep. brand. Like nobody cares. I think yeah, there's the ones, so many that it's so overpopulated. And I think it's also like you want something that like you trust that that product's going to be good. And I mm-hmm. think that's why Chamberlain coffee succeeded because you, you know, Emma cares yep. so much about her coffee. You know, that coffee is going to be good. And yep. she also like, vlogged the whole yes. the whole thing and she puts her phone up and talks about the coffee from like it you can tell it's not it's probably outlined but it's not scripted word for word right and she it's actually her marketing cares. yeah and it's not just like some of these other people that are just like slap their name on something mm-hmm. and call it a day because they want to make more money and it's like this is never going to succeed yeah, yeah. also well, i think it's really important that she's tying the new brand of chamberlain mm-hmm. coffee back to her OG stuff. Cause when she would make lattes and like her coffee just in her vlogs, she would use nut pods. And then now she's sponsored or like they Clapped. have a collab yes. with nut yep. pods. It just which makes is, so much sense. Yeah. It's her favorite creamer. And she's been using that since the beginning. Yeah. It's like the trust that you don't have with a lot of other yep. influencers because you know, yeah. it's going to be good. Like I rarely like buy things from influencers, but yep. like I've bought Chamberlain coffee. Like I bought their matcha. Wait, like is it good? It is very I heard good. the matcha is really good. They have a mango well, matcha right now oh, that I literally need. I think it's interesting from a brand point of view too. Like if I were a brand, I would not do paid influencer stuff. I would do collabs with them. It right. just makes it so makes much, so more, much sense. more sense. Yep. Agreed. And then that influencer, that creator can show their, their connection with the brand. They can show the behind the scenes. They can show all that. And to me, that feels way more in alignment than it's the trust it all leads back to the trust even like um girls gotta eat we love girls gotta eat they have the podcast um, yes the podcast they have they did sex toy line it makes so much sense for what they're doing and like the way that they talked about it the way that they did it no wonder it's successful because they did it the right way like right and those are the ones that in my brain like chamberlain coffee it makes sense and i think that is going to be the next wave of influencer marketing quote because mm-hmm. i think the way that influencer marketing is going now is not and there's no longevity no. because yeah. everyone is getting exhausted from it like nobody's watching the ads like honestly if i see an ad I on skip. tiktok i skip it i don't unless even... it's somebody that like i like like justine snacks right her i'll like, watch her ads. i love hers like obviously i'm gonna watch she Skylar's does, ads well, but yeah, like same. but 
it's hard from like a creator POV. I think it's really hard to create ads that feel authentic because of the way that the brands They're present. So the brands are structured. so out of touch. And yeah, they really the are. Brands, it's all the focus is on okay, how can, how, what do we think this will make the most money? Yep. It's not, let me listen to the creator that knows their followers, knows their fan base, their community. Like, But that's why Justine's ads do good. Because yes. hers, hers, like the butterboard. Yes. Wait, so, was that an ad? I think it was, because I, I thought, thought it was, was. with yes. Carrie Gold. Yeah. Which is so genius. insane and so genius. Right. And like that, that is how you should do it. You should let the creator take it as they want yeah. and make authentic content because behind the scenes they're going, here's what you have to do. Check, 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 check. Like, yes, uh, there's a brand that was like within the first four seconds, you have to show the product. It's like, no, um, no. That's not how I don't know you, what to do for that. Like you already know the viewer knows it's an ad right at away. that point yep. and they're not even watching because it's so not even focused on the user at that point. I think why like so many ads just like don't do good is because of these insane brand briefs. Like mm -hmm. how many yeah. have we received that like we've looked at being like, we're what, not doing, yeah. what we're is not this? doing this because there's, it's too or much. Or it's like the brands that send like a specific script and it's like, that's not authentic. Nobody's going to watch it. And then you wonder why the views are down. You wonder yeah. why you're not making your money back. Like, yeah, well, I don't get I it I think at all. even seeing the brand deals that I've done, the ones that do well, like the Nutter one. Yes. That, yeah. They said, do whatever you want. Right. I said, and, okay, great. And that did so good on its own. And you know what's interesting with that is like when you first started doing like paid partnerships, so many of them were like, do whatever you yes. want. Here's the product, you know, here's some general talking points, like yeah. info about the brand, but do what you want. And now I feel like we've really seen in the past like year, it's so much of this is exactly what we need you to say. Because yep. I feel like these brands are seeing that ads are no longer doing good and they're just like grasping to like trying to figure out what's going on instead of being innovative. And I feel like that goes well, back to Chamberlain Coffee and right. like why they're successful is because she's willing to look at the trends and yeah. change and move. And well, that's she why she trends. has, right. Well, that's why she has longevity. Well, and I think yeah. too, it's important to, as a creator, as somebody who's in the world, they have the best pulse mm -hmm. on how content's going, what is working, what's oh, not yeah. working. So the fact that brands think that they know more about it, like, and this is no dig to brands, but the fact that the brands who don't probably have a strong social media presence or right. following the way that these creators that they're partnering with do, and they are the ones saying, this is how we're going to do it. They're two, three months behind in yeah. terms of what is actually working because mm -hmm. they're looking at the data to back it up. And that data isn't able to be produced right yeah. away. I also so think I, yeah. the disconnect from the brands to the influencers is that the brands think it, they're treating it as marketing commercial ads. And in those traditional commercials, you do have to micromanage. It is, okay, here's your script. Here's the lighting. Here's this producing yes. all that they have. That's what that is. And so they're trying to take that and put it in the TikTok influencer world and mm -hmm. Instagram, that's not they how know what it, they're doing. If you want their fan base, you have to listen to their ideas. Right. Because they know it best. It comes back to like so many of these companies don't have anybody Gen Z on the team. Mm -hmm. It's all yeah. people that are millennials and no dig there. But like if you're going to be or doing older. social media, if you're going to be doing influencer partnerships, you need people in the Gen Z space that mm -hmm. have Young. their finger on what's actually going on, what creators to work with. And all like of that. you need to give them the time to like, deep dive into TikTok, Instagram and like right. be updated yeah. because like 
it takes time to go through everything. Yeah. I think a lot of brands think they can just pay for a video and it's, they're suddenly going to blow up on TikTok without actually understanding how the algorithm works, what trends are going on, what type of content works, what type right. of influencers you want to work with. They don't do any research besides just trying to slap their money somewhere and hope it works. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the other thing with Emma too, like I'm thinking about it, she didn't do a lot of brand deals. No. The brand deals that she did were, were so true to yeah. her. But I, and I do think that actually also goes back to the way that YouTube is set up because you get paid for your views on YouTube yeah. and that's how creators make money on YouTube. And I think it's interesting to look at that as plat like between the platforms, what it's centered around. Like yes. and, and YouTube to me has always been a platform for creative people to post their content in like actually not revolve around anything else. Whereas on TikTok is different because yes. the way you don't make money like that on TikTok. You yeah. can, for just posting what you do. You know what I'm saying? You, you can be money. more selective with your brand partnerships because you do have a backup right. income, but versus on TikTok, you don't. Right. Yes. Like the way you make money is it's through brand. the brands. Yep. Which well, it's ex it's tiring, I think, too, a little it, bit. It's and tiring for the for viewers everybody. and all of it. But yeah, I think it's a horrible cycle. <laughs> it is. This is just kind of random. But we're talking about so much about how Emma like knows her audience, whatever. But like there has been periods of times and I just want to like highlight mm -hmm. where she did not know her audience. Yes. Where she was like we were like, who the fuck is Emma? Like I s fell off mm -hmm. and I'm sure yep. the majority of people fell off from Emma too. There was a time where she didn't transition to the newer content. She was still doing those crazy editing and like all that stuff. And it was annoying to the viewers. Mm -hmm. And then we moved on. But then she finally like regained and got it back. She started her podcast, Chamberlain Coffee. Like then she like rebranded as it. like yeah. older, yep. which is what she needed to do because her audience was growing too. Yes. So like there was a disconnect in that flow like happens. So it's not just right. she wasn't perfect the whole time. Right. That's a good point. And I think that's important as anybody is like going through things. Yeah. Like, I think again that's just another which makes her right, relatable right, as well makes her mm -hmm. relatable because in business it's always going to change it's always going to flow in life you're going to change you're going to flow with friends with your interests with what hobbies, your hobbies are yeah. what you like to do what your vibe is like what you're struggling with i think is really important to just understand the ebbs and flows of it and to know that like it's okay and just so i'm going to interrupt this episode because I have a perfect little fit. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, content creation, I could show up authentically online. I could do this. I could work with brands. I have great ideas on way to, ways to do brand deals. I could do great UGC content. Well, we have something to help you out. For those of you who don't know, when you are pitching yourselves to brands, you need a media kit and a rate card. The media kit is for your bio, a highlight of kind of content you create, who your audience is. This is what will get brands to want to work with you. That way they don't have to go deep dive into your stuff. They can see an overview of everything. And a rate card is for your rates. You can put your package prices on there. You can put whatever you're charging for your content and negotiate with the brands from there. And we made this whole process way simpler for you. We actually have three content creator templates and they each are a different vibe and they're super easy for you to just fill in the content that these brands are looking for. We did all the hard work for you. All you have to do is go in, pop your information in there, customize it. You can customize the fonts and colors, their Canva templates and put your photos in and then export them out and send them off to the brand. We also package the rate cards with these. So you'll get the media kit and rate card and we are doing a special offer because we haven't officially, officially launched them. So these are just for our close friends. 
and you can go on GrooveStreetCreative.com. We're selling them through Etsy right now. So pop on there. We have the links to Etsy and you can go check those out. Now let's get back into the episode. I think now I want to talk a little bit more about the branding and the package design and the actual products that Emma did through Chamberlain Coffee and Chamberlain Coffee as a brand because they killed that. Killed it. Like so good. They understood the assignment they knew their target audience like yeah i think their first product was the cold brew packets Mm -hmm. which genius was a market that needed to be fulfilled because cold brew takes so like it's not doesn't take all that much but like those you literally just pop in the water pop in the fridge and you call it a day and they're eco-friendly like Mm -hmm. she checked all the boxes that yes and Mm -hmm. there wasn't a product like that already so it was just very like it, the market was it needed. Well, I think they knew their audience. Like yeah. they knew that the people that they were selling to were Gen Z who were not maybe as motivated in the kitchen in that way. Like yeah. they all would, they're not as, oh, I'm going to think I want coffee tomorrow morning. I'm going to make yes. my coffee tonight. Like they weren't thinking like that. And so they made it as easy and convenient as possible mm-hmm. for people to do this. They also saw, oh, people are digging the cold brew like let's do this yeah i think it's also interesting because my biggest gripe with like new brands that come out especially like influencer brands is they don't understand the market and i know like we've talked about this before like when it comes to sustainability like i always feel like any new brand that comes out like i don't understand why you wouldn't make it as sustainable Mm -hmm. as possible and i think a lot of people who are gen z also are thinking about that because we're thinking about the longevity of like our planet also yeah and that's like a huge topic for our generation and i think that's why chamberlain coffee is doing so well is Mm -hmm. because they thought about all these things like they thought about it from okay what products are going to work best but also like how are the products impacting the planet and like are these products even necessary to make and like, if we're going to make them, how can we make them as sustainable as possible? And like, that's why I like the brand. Like, that's why yeah. I've purchased from them because they really thought about everything and mm-hmm. fully understood their audience. Yeah. I don't know another coffee brand from an influencer that no. is sustainable. And like, well, I don't really think a lot of the influencer brands that they, that people create end up being sustainable. Like, no, and not even the no. intention behind it is not something that's super like it's like, oh, I'm gonna make this so people buy it. Not right, like so I make money. People yeah. need something to fill this void. Slash, it, this could be more sustainable, or this could be more. Yes, yeah. You know, and so yeah, I think they really like thought about things, and, and it's it, also just crazy to like think like she chose that green color so long ago, so and now it's like ago. still relevant. Yeah. yeah, I think this is the more of the branding side of it, which is stuff that we try to focus on at Groove Street when we do branding for businesses is making sure that it's authentic to you. Like it trends come and go like, and this is something that we have learned too, like Mm -hmm. as a company, Groove Street versus Happy Earth Habits. Happy Earth Habits branding is pretty much the same since day one. There's been some tweaks, but like not that much. It's still the same pretty much vibe. And I think it's because it was so authentic to me and like the who my people were. It was very clear what I like who I wanted to know. And I think that's the same with Emma. Like her branding works and is like so good because it's authentic to her and like authentic to the brand. And there's longevity in that when with your branding versus just doing it because it's trendy, just picking this because it's trendy. And I think like at grocery, we switched our colors because we did the Browns because it was trendy and then we got sick of them and I hated it. And like, and it went went out of style and went out of style. And then when we picked the like new up level cover colors, it was like, what 
colors do we actually like just like looking at like what and makes what us happy colors, yeah. like, like how can we make this as like change with the times as possible, as possible. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think chamberlain coffee does a good job with that too of like yeah because they have definitely. a strong brand foundation and then they have elements of their brandings that can change with the times yeah. it can come and go it can like and i think that also goes down to like brand photography the way that they oh, market yeah. things like there's so much but at the end of the day the solid brand foundation is built for a long time and it just yeah. like it looks like emma yep, like it does. you could pick that out of a lineup and like know that it's her brand like if you took the name away like you know it's her yeah yep. and just like chamberlain coffee like it just rolls off the tongue it yeah. was like a yeah chamberlain coffee like it's just so good and i think like the little animals like the cats mm-hmm. are cute it's just like it feels like her like yeah it's homey it's fun too like, homey fun it checks all the boxes yeah that's what we're looking for. Like we want something cool. We want something fun. You just like yeah. want comfort. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's like a big part of like why these creators work is because they're comforting. Mm-hmm. Well, even so like coffee, coffee, like, yeah. what, right. And I, again, this goes back to like the branding of mm-hmm. it, the yeah. importance of the branding. If you look at all of it, it's marketing and branding. Emma's very good at it because she understands, Oh, what does coffee do for me? Coffee makes me feel comfortable it's i look forward to it yeah it's let's a highlight happy. let's make that the brand oh, stop i'm about to go get myself a cup of joe <laughs> anything else like that with emma that you guys well think? i think her instagram like the marketing of it mm-hmm. is so good she just they did a really good job with how they have other people try their products and like they showcase that, that really well mm-hmm. on their instagram and then they also how she does shows her products like in her videos she's literally using her products right every day like i mean maybe not every day but most like, of the time yeah most of the time when she makes the coffee at home she's using her product which just also goes back to the trust which we already talked about but and then i also think like how they because they did do a rebrand i don't i think it was a year or something ago yep and they, it was a seamless transition. It was still the same where you could pick it out. Okay, it's still Chamberlain Coffee, but it's also a little bit different where it's like elevated. Yeah. They get the thumbs up from us, from Grocery. Yeah. And the them. quality of the product too. Like. I just really like thought through everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's literally what it boils down to. They thought through everything because like people that come out with things hit or miss, whatever, but it always goes back to, did they think about this? Did they think about the audience? Did they think about the sustainability? I was also just noting like the price point of the products. That's also a huge thing I feel like with other influencer collaborations is they price these products that are so out of reach for their target audience, for their community, that they're never going to buy them. Or like if they have to buy them, it's, you know, they're not going to be able to do it very regularly. And I feel like with Chamberlain Coffee, like, Anybody our age or even younger and still yeah. in college can buy them. Yeah. Even high school, if you have like a part-time job. Right, like you can I afford it. Yeah. Well, I think, again, that goes back to the intentionality behind everything that they've done. And this is a great lesson in business for anybody who's looking to start a business. I think a lot of times you're there's a lot of information out there where it's like trust your gut and like go off the feeling and all that kind of stuff and I think that is really really important especially when during busy times you have to be able to trust your gut but I think at the end of the day these brands that do it that are like these iconic brands that we know and love and that do it so well 
it it goes back to their intentionality behind yes. things. Mm-hmm. It goes back to things being thought through and the strategy. The strategy. Yeah. Anybody can do it. Like it's yes. not anything that's like crazy. It's really just understanding the core needs of who your people are and who you're yeah. doing it and making sure that what you're doing is something that they need. And if it's not, it's changing it. Like, and yeah. you're always going to have things that work, things that don't work. And I think a lot of times we don't see that with like Emma, we're not seeing the things that don't work. Like it is still very curated. Like there, oh, for oh, sure. yes. what she puts out there, Every, it is, has to be, it has Everything to be correct. Is. Right. And that's intentional. Yeah. And so I, I think too, like, don't let that discourage you if you're being a content creator and you're doing all this kinds of stuff, like know that there's intention behind it all. And yes, it's rooted in Emma being authentic, but then there's also this really strong importance of intentionality behind the things that she does, even with her architecture digest, even with like her taking a break from the, the vlogs and coming back and doing them, even with her Instagram, even with TikTok, like the way that she is, is very, very, thought through and intentional and authentic. So yeah, even her podcast. Yeah. Yes. I forget. We keep didn't forgetting even get into get her podcast. podcast. But yeah. I just like all some of the podcasts up really quick. Like it just goes again so well with her brand of how she lays in bed. She is, she likes to be home. She does talk. She has all these inner thoughts where to put them. A podcast yep. have, where can people go to deeper relate with her? podcast and she's not afraid to say what's actually going on and i think it also protects her mental like she was very clear she just was very open with everybody about her mental state and like just like the way that she is as a person like we all know she likes to be at home we all know she likes to do these things like she is the way that she is and i think like she really leaned into that too, knowing that, yes, there was this area where she was feeling exposed because she had to be online all the time, all that kind of stuff. And knowing that that wasn't working for her and pivoting around that. And I think that is a huge lesson just any for anybody that has a job and is working, like knowing your strengths and weaknesses and pivoting and building your job around that. I think even if you are working a job that doesn't have a ton of flexibility, you can still help support yourself outside of that job to like help you with that. And I think Emma obviously is completely different because it's, she's a content creator. She's an influencer. Like she has a different way of like a different ability to do this at, but I think a lot of times anybody can take some of these lessons from her and see like that podcast was so great for her because she doesn't feel as exposed. It's not as hard. It's natural for her. And just, I think with Emma, my biggest takeaway is her authenticity to herself. And like, even though she might get lost along the way, whenever she's being herself, it works for her. And I think as a Gen Z, that is something that is always going to be true for us is yep. whenever we're being ourselves, it will always work for us. What we, I don't, what are your guys like biggest takeaways from Emma before we, I think it's just like the ability to like move through the different patterns of life, but still stay authentic. Cause I think like the reason she has longevity and the reason that like I could see myself still watching her 10 years from now is because I know like her content's not going to change mm-hmm. like, or she's not going to change. Like maybe her content will change, but it's still going to be her. Like, it's still going to be her life. Like, I'm still going to want to watch it because it's relatable to us. And like, it helps she's the same age as us basically. Yeah. But I think the biggest takeaway is just like, the the only way you're going to have longevity on social media is to be yourself and just to show up as yourself because that like very scripted content, like nobody cares about that. You're not making any connection with that person. I would say my biggest takeaway is, I mean, it's this kind of like a combination, but have fun with 
the content you're creating because it was very obvious when she wasn't having fun. Yes. And that's when she dropped off. You can tell with every creator when they are Mm -hmm. having fun. Addison Wright, Charlie, everybody like that is like, even if you're a small creator, you can tell if you aren't having fun and it makes people not want to watch. So I think just, yeah, staying true to yourself and like have fun making it lighthearted because the whole reason people are going on platforms is to get away to laugh, to mm-hmm. have, feel positive. No one wants to go on TikTok and feel, feel sad. sad. Right. Yep. And when you are the content creator is sad, it's like, okay, so You're not watching You're picking up this. that energy. There's so many other people that are happy. Let me just go watch them. Mm-hmm. And you lose a little bit of your audience. So I think just having fun is my biggest yeah. takeaway. Yeah. That's it for our first case study. Let us know what if you liked these. If there's anybody that you want us to deep dive on, brands, creators, influencers, all the things. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to do it. We have some more fun brands and businesses to dive into next and we can't wait to get into it. So thank you so much for listening. Catch us next time and we're out. Thank you so much for listening to the Movers and Groovers podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday. And if you love this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a review or send it to a friend that might enjoy it. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Groove Street Creative. And if you're interested in working with us, shoot us an email to squad at groovestreetcreative.com. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out, Groovers.